Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is October 29th. This is week nine of the 2019 NFL season. I hope you're having a good time. We are here at the show. My name is Michael Nazarek. I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend and very expertise expert, co-host a lot of expertise in fantasy football going out of there too from chris rito how you doing tonight chris very well very well i try not to limit my expertise to fantasy football but let's let's keep it there for the purposes of this show (laughs) okay well we got a lot to talk about uh this is a mid-season special we're going to talk uh mid-season surprises both good and bad uh in lieu of the injury list which you can find at the website ffmastermind.com but uh we were waiting for all the big trades to happen and uh, it was kind of a bummer of a day. <laughs> a lot of talk that maybe there would be a lot of trades, but there really weren't. Uh, however, there was a big trade that uh, happened on Monday. Uh, Kenyon Drake was traded from the Miami Dolphins to the Arizona Cardinals, who are going to be without both uh, Chase Edmonds with a hamstring injury and David Johnson with an ankle injury, at least this week, if not the following week. And guess what? The, the uh, Cardinals are playing the 49ers on Thursday night football, so Kenyon Drake is going to be playing this game. They say that they're going to give him manageable workload, but these are the 49ers. Maybe a lot of dump-off passes to Kenyon Drake. I don't know what, uh, what's going to happen. You tell me, Chris, is uh, Kenyon Drake worthy of a flex play, or uh, you sit him this week? What, what would you do if you own uh, Kenyon Drake? Boy, it, it's tough because of the because of the uh, the short week and the opponent. I mean, I know he's he hasn't played in a while, but he's only been with the team a few days. So, I'd be really skeptical, even if he carries the lion's share of the load, just that he could do much in with that short of a turnaround, a limited playbook, and such a tough opponent. It, that was really weird. I was actually kind of thinking he was going to go to the Lions, and, and he could have just jumped right in and been a very good fantasy producer. So this is this is a little bit of a head scratcher to me because I think it's a temporary fix. But this week would be a you'd have a, you'd have to convince me that you're pretty desperate to to, to put Kenyon Drake in, considering all the other circumstances around this week. Yeah, so I, I I'm with you on that. Maybe a low end flex. Uh, you know, if he's going to get points, first of all, I think you only consider playing him in a PPR and hope to gosh that he catches at least four or five passes and you might be able to get 10, 10, 10 12 points out of him. Basically, in a PPR system, he's, his floor has been around seven this year, but his, his high side has been around 12 or 13. So, you know, you're looking, you're talking flex, perfect flex play in the good conditions, and now you throw, throw him in there with a, a team going against the, the best run defense basically in the league in the 49ers, really hot defense right now. It's going to be uh, tough for, uh, for him to get much uh, yardage, and uh, a score is going to be very uh, asking for a lot. So, and those, and those anyway. numbers you just 
talked about, those are basically Jason Witten's numbers this year. So tell yep. yourself, would yep. you feel really great playing Jason Witten against a team that absolutely crushes the tight end right now as your flex? Maybe not. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, we're going to get right into our uh, surprises of 2019. We're eight weeks into the season. Most of the teams out there are playing seven games. Some have played eight, uh, like the Rams are on their bye this week and all. So there's plenty of a good sample size to find out. Uh, you know, I usually do my all-stars and, and all spaz and all NAS teams. That's what we do <laughs> at, the, at the site, at, usually at the end of the year. Uh, and when we hand out the NASI awards, that's what John Holler calls them. Uh, but anyway, so uh, I'm going to go throw this first to you. We'll do this position by position. And uh, you tell me, Chris, who's your big surprise in a good way for a quarterback, and who do you think just stunk it up surprisingly in a bad way at quarterback for 2019? Well, the first one that comes to mind for me is Jacoby Brissett. I mean, everyone thought the whole Colts team was going to tank. He went undrafted in most 12-team or smaller leagues. And all he's done has been amongst the top four or five in touchdown passes all year. He's been floating right around that 10th to 12th overall in fantasy points per game for quarterbacks. A a marginal starter and definitely a a starter in 12 or larger team leagues. So I think considering he went undrafted, that's a pretty good good return on on that uh, lack of investment right up front to get a guy that's been pretty productive. And then the guy that's really kind of crapped the bed a little bit is Baker Mayfield. He was drafted as a starter. A lot of people thought they were going to have that big breakout year with Odell coming in and all the other weapons he had in the passing game and the running game. And frankly, he's just not done it so far. Um, he's not thrown more than one touchdown in a game yet. And, uh, and he's really looked quite bad. Granted, he's had a pretty tough schedule, and it gets easier from here on out after this week. But, boy, he's just really not looked good as well as not produced fantasy numbers. Yeah, it's kind of hard to argue with either of those choices for you. Uh, I've got a little bit different list here uh, for, for a quarterback. Uh, I tell you, I, I had my doubts about Lamar Jackson coming into the season thinking, well, he's, if he's going to think he's going to run, you know, you can't be that productive. I think of RG3, uh, you know, being pseudo-productive and then, uh, you know, blowing out his knee and, and all kinds of problems. Then you think of Cam Newton, and he's never really been a big passer and all. But when you put Hollywood Brown on that team with Lamar Jackson and, uh, and Mark Andrews has blossomed as, a, as one of the lead tight ends in the league, uh, who would have thought that this kid would be the number one quarterback in the league right now? And he's got four games of at least 29 fantasy points with 11 TD passes. Uh, he's got 576 yards rushing. Uh, I, I did this list last week. Fortunately, they were on a bye, so I don't have to adjust it. <laughs> but, you know, he's got three scoring uh, rushes on the, gr- on the ground, too, there. And he's the number one quarterback in fantasy right now. I think it's simply amazing the fact that you could get this guy in the middle, middle rounds, maybe even the latter of 12, 13, 14 round of a 20-round draft because a lot of people had questions like I did. I was staying away from him. I took uh, Matt Ryan or Pre- Dak Prescott uh, you know, because I didn't want to take the risk there. But, uh, you know, in, in a way, kind of like Pat, Patrick Mahomes in a different way, you know, the guy's kids come from uh, nowhere, basically. Uh, you know, he had a little bit of success at the end of last year, but who could have seen this coming? And then on the flip side, Mitchell Trubinsky, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, the, the Bears are riding their defense for the first four or five weeks, and then that's kind of gone in the toilet, too. He's thrown just five touchdowns and two picks, uh, you know, in the season so far. He's produced three games of 11.5 fantasy points or less. And uh, as of a week ago, he ranked 35th in fantasy quarterback production. 
uh, at only 12.8 points a week. Golly, I mean, you could pick somebody up off the scrap heap and get more points than that. Uh, you know, and a lot of people thought that he was a top 15 uh, guy. I was not that high on him, but, you know, I mean, uh, I had him in the, certainly in the top 20. I wouldn't think he's number 35. So things are things uh, are not going right right now for Mitchell Stravinsky. I don't know. They said that they're going to stick with him. Maybe he can turn it around. We'll see, uh, you know, going into the second half here. How about the running back position, Chris? What's a, what's a good surprise and a bad surprise? Trick or treat, you know, is coming up. So <laughs> give me a trick and give me a treat at running back. Well, I'll start with the treat, Aaron Jones. I mean, they've been saying for a couple of years, free Aaron Jones, free Aaron Jones, give him the ball. And even though there's a couple of times he's he's shared some time with Jamal Williams, he's just finally getting the rock enough to put up the fantasy numbers we knew he was capable of on a, on a per-touch basis. He's, you know, amongst the league's leading rushers, got eight rushing touchdowns already. And the nice thing is 34 receptions uh, already and, and 42 targets amongst the, the top five or so in the league amongst running backs as well, 11 total touchdowns through eight weeks. So he's really putting up the numbers, number three overall amongst running backs in PPR. And then a guy that's really disappointed me is, is Le'Veon Bell. Um, I know he went to a new team, he sat out a year, but he's still Le'Veon Bell, and he was going to get a lot of touches, and he's still getting a lot of touches. He's just doing nothing with them. In a PPR, he's only in the top 20 because he's caught 32 balls so far. But he's had, you know, he's averaging about three yards a carry. He's only scored two touchdowns in in eight weeks, it's, or seven games, eight weeks. So he's been a real disappointment for a guy that was a, a first round pick in most every scoring system. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I got a couple of other guys to talk about here, but uh, those are good guys on on the list of running back. Uh, you know, who, who would have thought that Austin Eckler would have uh, really, you know, come on and 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 not only, uh, you know kind of filled in a little bit from Melvin Gordon, but actually done, I think, better job of being a Melvin Gordon clone than Melvin Gordon has since he's come back. He's struggled and all. Of course, he's like he's going through training camp right now. But Eckler scored eight times in the, in the, in the eight weeks so far, uh, you know, uh, th- what, three on the ground and five catching. And he's only, he's only got, as of last week, it was one game less than 15 PPR points. He, I think he scored a little bit less than eight, 15 points last week. But, you know, uh, he's still a top five running back here. And uh, on average, you know, for the first uh, half of the season, he's still averaging over 20 uh, PPR points a week. Uh, you know, so I know that Melvin Gordon's back. They fired their offense coordinator. They're going to be running more. Uh, you know, uh, Eckler's still going to remain heavily involved there. So the bottom line is that if you drafted Eckler, even without having uh, Melvin Gordon, uh, you know, you're in pretty good shape right now. On the flip side, Joe Mixon, wow. I mean, you know, uh, we, you and I drafted him in, in the second round in Fanex, and it's, it's just been one big disappointment after another. Uh, you know, he's only scored three times, and all three of them were uh, catches at the goal line. No rushing touchdowns. And, uh, you know, I'm looking here. A week ago, he only had 62 PPR points, so he had a, a nice game of 70. He's still under 80 uh, fantasy points for the entire season, and they're just now uh, having their bye. So that's like less than 10 PPR points a week. And this is talking about somebody that you was probably drafted as a number one running back, like in our case, because we drafted DeAndre Hopkins in the middle of the first round. So you're getting almost crap performance. You're, you're getting borderline number three running back performances out of your number one running back. And you know, I know that the uh, the offensive line has had uh, offensive line issues and all, and they don't have AJ Green. And now they're making a quarterback change. I don't know how this is going to affect Joe Mixon, but there's no doubt he's been one of the biggest disappointments of the running back so far this year. Let's move to the wide receiver position. Give me a good guy and give me a bad guy for the fantasy. Well, here's a good one. He was actually listed as a number four or five receiver on his team 
on a, on a run-centered team coming into the preseason, went undrafted everywhere. D.J. Chark, all he's doing is leading the league in touchdown catches, right, among, right up there amongst the league leaders in yardage, even though he hasn't caught that many balls. So he's, he's really put up phenomenal numbers for a guy that, even after he started catching touchdowns the first three weeks, he was still available on waiver wires because nobody believed it was, it was going to stay. But, boy, he just keeps doing it week after week after week. He's catching a long touchdown. So D.J. Chark has really made a lot of teams – uh, look a lot better this year coming off the off the waiver wire, and then a guy that's uh, been my big disappointment is Antonio Brown. Not, it's a, it's not a surprise that he's a chucklehead because we all knew that, but my gosh, think look at all the the stuff, the soap opera that happened to get him to Oakland, to get him out of Oakland, to get him to New England, to get him out of New England, and you know he he actually produced reasonable for one week when he was only there for a couple of days, but man, even if you waited and drafted him as a number two or number three. You didn't even get that out of him. You got one game at best if you started him that week, and he's just been a chucklehead all year, and now he, who knows if he'll play again. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's been crazy. We're talking about the guy that was the number one wide receiver consensus for, like, what, the last two, three, four years. I mean, you know, he was, he was automatic. And uh, we didn't really hear or know about this side of him, but it just came out really ugly when it when, when things went bad with the Steelers. Uh, I've got I've got one of his former teammates on my list here, but it, 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 wide receiver. Let's talk about the good guy first, Chris Godwin. Oh wow! I mean, everyone thought that you know he was going to to emerge and become a solid number three, maybe with a, a three with an upside two. But I mean, he's a top five guy right now. And now, despite the fact that this past week didn't do much, I mean, uh, you know, he's uh, let's see, six times, six touchdowns, and up until this past week, he scored more than Mike Evans. Uh, in, in fact, I think he's still ahead of Mike Evans even with this week. And as of a week ago, he ranked number two at wide receiver for PPR, uh, scoring an average of 24.2. That came down a little bit this past week, but still over 20 points uh, PPR per week. If you got Chris Godwin, you're 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 smiling right now. And on the flip side, uh, Antonio Brown's former uh, teammate Juju Smith-Schuster. Everyone was asking, well, can he be the true number one in Pittsburgh? And and then of course they lost Big Ben there. Well, until he scored this past Monday night, he had only two touchdowns and it totaled only 71 PPR fantasy points to the first seven weeks, and he was good for 38th overall. And obviously his average is going to go up because he scored this past week, but going into the week he had only averaged 11.8 uh, points PPR points per game uh, without Big Ben there. I think that it's been clear that for the most part Juju is not a clear number one there, uh, you know, and I don't know if, if he would have developed into one, you know, with Big Ben there, but still without him, Mason Rudolph and all, he, you know, he, he's good for a good play against play, uh, teams like Miami, but you play him against good teams, good defenses, they shut him down. It's been a disappointment. Let's move to tight end. Give me a couple of some good surprise and a bad surprise, Chris. I'll start with Mark Andrews. I mean, everyone kind of expected he might be decent, but he really wasn't even per- perceived as the top tight end on his team by a lot of people. Remember, he was the second tight end taken in the draft that year behind Hayden Hurst. Everyone thought Hurst is healthy. He might start to take those stuff away. Andrews has got a low of seven targets this year, and he's, and he's amongst the league leaders in, in receptions, not just amongst tight ends, but overall. He's caught a lot of passes, uh, caught a few touchdowns. He's been their big play guy, even though he's missed a little bit of time and a few snaps. So Mark Andrews is making – let Lamar Jackson into more of a passer and not just a runner like you talked about earlier. So he's been a real pleasant surprise. And a guy that's been kind of a disappointment just because everyone expected he was going to do more than he is, is Jared Cook. I know he's missed a little bit of time, but he missed the time that Drew Brees was out too. So everyone thought coupling him up with Drew Brees after his career year 
as a Raider last year, was going to put that tight end back in the Saints offense. And, boy, he just hasn't produced. He's starting to show some signs of, of, of maybe coming out of that funk right now. But uh, he's got a long way to go with only 15 catches so far for the year in what should have been a really high-volume year coming off a career year. Yeah, that's a, it's just a, such a disappointment. Such a really big, talented player, and yet, you know, when he goes to a team like the Raiders, they know how to use him, and then he's, you know, uh, 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 utilized and, and really blossoms. And then he goes back over to New Orleans, and, you know, there, he just gets lost over there. Speaking of the Raiders, that's my big surprise. Darren Waller. Oh, wow. Shocked the fantasy world, stunning 105.2 PPR points and two scores. That was going into this past week. He scored again, so now he's got three scores and over 115 points. Uh, you know, he's making up with a, a stunning 7.3 catches per game on 80.8 yards receiving per game going into this past week, and he was ranked the number two tight end overall. If so, if, in other words, if you waited on a tight end and uh, you say, I'm not going to spend the, uh, the early pick on Ertz or a Kittle or a Kelsey, and I'm just going to take uh, Mark Andrews down here, and maybe I'm almost going to take Darren Wall or whatever, you got fantasy goal. Those two guys are the most consistent guys in the in tight end right now, and we're talking a dearth of tight end talent in the league right now. So hopefully you, you've drafted one of those guys and you'll be smiling. On the flip side, if you drafted O.J. Howard, oh, I know, 13 catches, 176 yards, and zero scores through his first six games. And he missed this past week, so I don't have to adjust the stats. Ranks him number 32. In fact, he's probably his number has fallen probably to like 36 now in PPR. 35. In a terrible <laughs> – yeah, 35. There you go. 5.1 PPR points per game. Uh, such a talented player. I think it's just a waste of talent. Obviously, he doesn't fit the scheme there. The, apparently, Bruce Arians doesn't like his practice habits. Well, any way you want, why don't you trade him, right? Oh, the trading deadline just came and went. We're not going to trade him. I don't know what's going on in Tampa. If you're not going to use them, why don't you trade them and get a draft picks that you can spend on another position that you're going to use, like a defensive lineman or offensive lineman. But I don't know what's going on in Tampa. Maybe they might all think about getting a quarterback, too, the one that doesn't turn the ball over every other play. But anyway, the bottom line is that if you drafted O.J. Howard, he's probably not even on your team anymore, and you're probably smart to dump him because <laughs> there's no signs of life there, people. All right, we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's expert league Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, whether you're on a phone, an iPad, a laptop, a desktop, or whatnot, check out our website. It's very responsive, uh, mobile-friendly, uh, ffmastermind.com. Free Ina Sky scanner reports or free NFL QuickBits page updated each day. Uh, weekly fantasy newsletters include premium daily injury QuickBits, expanded picks to click and flick, the market feature NFL game matchup analysis, 
rankings updated, uh, released on Wednesday night after the first injury uh, uh, injury release reports of the week. So they're fairly accurate. And then we update them Saturday. Inside slant from John Holler and a holler from the Cheap Seats, as well as a mastermind moments from myself. Uh, all this can be had for a price of a pizza, twelve ninety five mid season sale. Try us out, ffmastermind.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at ffmastermind. All right, let's get to the picks to click and flick for week nine. Chris, give me a couple quarterbacks you like. I like Sam Darnold. Uh, the, the Dolphins, every quarterback they face is at a solid fantasy day against them, even though you don't have to throw. They've allowed multiple touchdown passes every game so far in the last three weeks with Josh Allen, Case Keenum, and Mason Rudolph. So it's not like they're placing, facing a murderer's row here. They've also allowed the third most touchdown passes despite the second fewest attempts and completions. Oh, yeah, and they got a short week and they lost their shutdown cornerback to IR. Darnold gets healthy this week. And then I like Matt Stafford. It's part of a string of really great fantasy opponents for Stafford, and it's really coincided with the loss of his feature back and replacement by a bunch of pass-catching backs. So he's actually thrown for 700 yards and seven touchdowns the last two weeks, and this week faces a solid run defense and a catastrophically bad pass defense. What do you think is going to happen? I'm starting him over Dak facing the Giants this week. Wow. Okay. Uh, a couple of quarterbacks that I like this week. Gardner Minshew, Jacksonville. Well, uh, Texans secondary can't stop anyone. They, uh, they've they given up uh, 13 touchdown passes in the past four games, 13 in four games. That's more than three a game. So uh, if you got Gardner, uh, throw him out there, start him. Uh, what's not to like there? And Derek Carr, uh, big offensive game I think is coming there. Uh, Detroit, uh, it's going to go back and forth, up and down the field like Detroit did with the Giants. Daniel Jones threw four touchdowns here. I think Carr can throw two to four in this game too. So start him if you own him. A couple of guys I'm worried about, Kyle Murray, Arizona. It's uh, just not connecting well with Fitz. Kirk has come back from uh, the injury list, but the 49ers have a hot defense. I think Bose is going to get to Murray. Uh, it's going to get him flustered. He's going to make mistakes. I would not start Murray this week. And Carson Wentz, uh, playing at home, it's a big game against the Bears. Uh, you know, it's a, kind of a revenge game for Jordan Howard. They're going to try and run, run, run. I think they're going to be forced to pass. I think the Bears are going to get to Wentz a little bit here in this game. Philadelphia might actually pull the game out in this game, but I think it's going to be kind of a pseudo-low-scoring game, so I wouldn't expect much fantasy production out of Wentz, and that's why I've got him on my flick list. How about a couple of guys you're not crazy about this week at quarterback and why, Chris? Well, I mentioned Baker Mayfield earlier, how he's having a really subpar year. He's let to, yet to throw multiple touchdowns in a game. Now this week he faces the Broncos' pass defense. Um, they've only allowed 200 yards per game and only six touchdown passes through eight games and never more than 18 fantasy points yet, so this ain't the week Baker gets healthy. And I don't like Daniel Jones. Everyone remembers his big outburst in his first game and his 300 yards and four touchdowns last week. That was against the Bucks and the Lions two of the worst pass defenses, and two games while trailing. Everyone seems to forget those four intervening games with one touchdown each game and no game over 225 yards. I think with Saquon back and the need to keep the Cowboys off the field, I expect a very low-volume day against a pretty solid pass defense on Monday night. He's only averaging 14 fantasy points per game in his three home games, too, so sit him for sure, no matter what. Okay, how about a couple of running backs you like and why? I love Derrick Henry. No one's allowed as many rushing scores like as the Panthers have or as many total running back touchdowns. They're all allowing the second-worst yard per carry in the NFL, and they just got clocked by the Niners, and all the damage done against them all year has been right up the gut. This sounds just like Henry's M.O., so I expect him to get a heavy load and to beat up the Panthers, even without catching passes in a PPR. 
And I like Devin Singletary to have his rookie breakout game this week. He's starting to outplay the veteran Gore now that he's healthy, and he's clearly outtouched her in the passing game. And the Redskins so far have allowed the most receptions and yards to running backs, despite one game that was that mud bowl at Frisco that had no passing at all. So I look for him to have a big day as a receiver and be at least serviceable as a flex in PPRs with big upside. Okay, uh, a couple of running backs I love this week. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was not traded. He's still a Jet, and that's a good thing because he starts his string of soft opponents this week, but the Dolphins, he's going to run all over him. He's going to catch passes. He's going to be very productive. So if you got Bell, you're going to start him, but this time he's going to produce for you, unlike what he's been doing the last couple of weeks. Josh Jacobs in Oakland, I know he's beat up a little bit, but he's going to rack up the points. He's going to play against the soft lines defense. He's going to be running up the field all day, and he's going to be catching some passes too. So, you know, start him with confidence there. A couple guys I'm worried about this week, Mark Ingram, Baltimore, temper your expectations. It's the Patriots. It's Sunday night football. I know it's in Baltimore, but, you know, they basically have shut down the running backs. I know that they let Chubb, uh, Nick Chubb get to him. That's a special talent. They did, of course, in, uh, of course uh, cause him the, some bumbling issues. So uh, Ingram, I think – He's going to be lucky to probably get a, a short score near the goal or probably end up being Lamar Jackson running it in, so I'd be careful there. And David Montgomery had the big breakout game last week for Chicago. Well, the Taft Eagles run defense will limit him, especially on the road in Philly. I don't think this is a good game uh, for Montgomery. It sets up better for Terry Cohen, so be careful there. How about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Uh, Chris Carson is almost a matchup-proof start at this point, but he remains a caution play for me this week. He's got five straight games of 20-or-plus rushes, but I don't see that kind of volume or success against the Bucks this week. They've not allowed any running back over 75 yards this year, and they've allowed a league-low 55 rushing yards per game. And with their abysmal pass defense, I can see a whole lot of Russell and not a lot of Chris this week. So I'd be cautious with Carson's expectations. And then James Conner, if he didn't stay up late and watch the end of the, uh, of the, the Monday night game, you may not have noticed that he got hurt and his arm was in a sling in that fourth quarter of the game. And then, you know, they're playing the Colts this week, and very deceptively they've had a lot of 100-yard rusher in nearly two years and once one of the lowest rushing totals so far. Um, they've, they allowed this week a running back to go into double digits in PPR scoring for the first time since week four, and it was only with 10.5 because he scored a touchdown. So I think this is a risky play for a guy that had his arm in a sling, especially one that's touchdown and volume dependent and that might have Jalen Samuels back to share touches. Okay, how about a wide receiver? A couple of guys you like this week. Uh, this one might be a little bit of a hunch, but I'm going to go with Preston Williams, a rookie from Miami. I liked what I saw from him in the Miami passing game the last couple days, and I think he's due for a big breakout game. The Jets are just the kind of opponent that can allow that. You know, Williams has far and away the fewest fantasy points for anyone that's been targeted 50-plus times so far. He actually has the same number of targets as Tyler Lockett and half the fantasy points. And I, I don't think the low scoring in the TD drought can, t- can continue. I just think that Jets' 24th-ranked pass defense that struggles with receivers like him, has a chance for him to have his breakout. And then I like Allen Robinson this week. He's very quietly top 10 in targets and top 15 in points per game, despite playing for a terrible pass offense with worse quarterback play. I think he's going to tee off in that Philly secondary, get a lot of targets and a lot of action, while the running backs try to avoid their top-rated rush defense here. So he's actually averaging over 20 points per game in PPR this year against teams rated 10th or worst in pass defense, and the Eagles are a very generous 21st and 32nd for fantasy points allowed to receivers. 
Okay, a couple of wide receivers I like this week. Uh, DK Metcalf coming off a two-touchdown game. He didn't get much yardage and uh, or catches, but he did score twice. And guess what? He gets the sorry Bucks defense this week. They're not going to be able to run on uh, on them very much, like Chris says, with Chris Carson. So it's going to be Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, who I think is going to score in this game. So if you need them, start them. Uh, DJ Chark, uh, I know, Chris, you like them. Uh, I do, too. Jacksonville. Hello, Houston, back up, uh, banged up uh, secondary there. I think Chark scores this week, uh, going along with the Gardner Minshew on my uh, stardom uh, click list here. Uh, a couple of guys I'm not crazy about. Marquise Brown supposed to play coming off that ankle injury. He's missed the last couple of games and set out, of course, last week with the bye. Well, he gets the Patriots, Mr. Gilmore. Yep, I don't think it's going to happen, so I'd sit him. And Larry Fitzgerald, uh, ever since the first couple of weeks of the season, has gone downhill, downhill, number of yards, number of catches, number of targets, everything. Uh, Christian Kirk's team now, now, and, of course, they're now going against the 49ers this week. So uh, sit him if you own him. I sat Fitzgerald for the first time last week and actually played Ted Ginn over Fitzgerald, Ted Ginn outperformed him, even with just two catches for 42 yards. That tells you what's going on with Fitzgerald there. Uh, sit him if you can. How about a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about? Why, Chris? Well, I'll start with Cortland Sutton. They're facing the Browns' pass defense, but it's only been terrible because there's two stud cornerbacks that have been out all year. Now they're both back. The secondary just got a ton better. Got a change of quarterback from Flacco to the even less talented Brandon Allen. This is a recipe for a Denver disaster in the air. I don't see how Sutton, as the only receiving option, stands a chance to see anything less than constant double coverage. And then Terry McLaurin is another one I'm worried about. Scary Terry has an even scarier thing than his rotating subpar quarterbacks. This week he gets the shutdown Bills pass defense. They've allowed a league low 75 receptions to receivers and only two passing touchdowns to receivers. They've not allowed over 11 standard points to a receiver yet. And, and to top it off, there's projections of freezing rain and high winds on Sunday in Buffalo. Wow, that's not good for him. Uh, okay, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? Love me some Hunter Henry this week. Green Bay's allowed four tight end touchdowns the last two games and the fifth most tight end fantasy points per game all year. And on the other side, Henry's averaged eight targets and six catches per game since returning from his injury three weeks ago. You got a fired offensive coordinator and no replacement yet named, so it's worth noting that tight end Charles Clay by far led the Bills in all receiving categories when head coach Anthony Lynn was the offensive coordinator and interim head coach for Buffalo a few years back. So Henry should have a lot of reason to have a great game. Then I like Vance McDonald. Again, a little bit of a hunch. Indianapolis is susceptible to the tight end based on their defensive scheme, and they give up among the most targets and receptions to tight ends per game so far. When Noah Fant can catch five balls against you, this is a real deficiency. For whatever it's worth also, McDonald scored a touchdown his only game against the Colts as a Steeler, and I think he goes two for two this week. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Jason Witten is kind of a safe play. Uh, normally he usually does well against the Giants. He scored earlier this year. I think he's going to score again this this week. Uh, I, I think you might think differently about this, Chris. But anyway, Eric Ebron for Indianapolis. Steelers really struggle against the tight end. Uh, Jack Doyle got most of the catches last week. I think it's Ebron's turn this week, so wouldn't have a problem starting him. A couple of guys on the on the back end that I'm not crazy about, Charles Clay, who just mentioned the 49ers play the tight end very tough, so I wouldn't uh, start chasing fantasy points with his first First, coming off the first uh, quality game for Clay as a Cardinal. And Ben Watson, uh, New England, is just not getting the targets, and the Ravens have allowed just one TD score in 2019. So now is not the week to throw a dart at Ben Watson. How about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Yeah, I actually don't like Jason Witten this week, like you mentioned. He has scored at three straight games against the Giants. He's not been below six points per game in PPR yet so far this year. 
but the G-men have allowed two Dallas tight ends to catch touchdowns in week one and have only allowed one tight end to top three PPR points since then and no touchdowns at the tight end. A lot of ways to attack the Giants, and the tight end simply is not one of them. And Witten has not sniffed the end zone since week two and has not topped 12 PPR points yet this year, so I actually think this, this is a week with a quiet day for him. And then uh, Mark Andrews, who I love this year. I don't love him this week. He's, a pl- he's an every-week play. And you can put me in the camp that says the Ravens are going to win this week. I think they're going to beat the, the Patriots. But Andrews has to be a caution play. The Patriots just have not allowed much, and they've really clamped down on the tight end. They've only allowed 17 catches all year. And last week was the first time a t- tight end scored a touchdown against them. Even a high-volume guy like Andrews has to be a little bit of a concern this week. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you about Anders, but I'm going to be starting him in my FFPC main event game. Anyway, let's go it. to the one-hit wonders <laughs> at kicker and defense. Hit me with them, Chris. Uh, Nick Folk, for those of you that don't aren't aware, the Patriots cut Mike Nugent today and signed Nick Folk. And Baltimore allows the fifth-most kicker points. They've allowed 10-plus in four of their last five, 10-plus points to the kicker. And Folk is 100% unknown going to New England this week, so go pick him up off your waiver wire if you need one. And I like Austin Siebert. Uh, Denver allows the most field goal attempts. They've allowed three or more field goals in three of their four home games. And Siebert has not yet missed a field goal as a pro, believe it or not. A couple of defenses I like. I like that same Cleveland defense going into Denver. They've allowed some big numbers, and now they got a new quarterback, and Cleveland's getting healthier on defense. And then I like the Packers going into the Chargers, uh, Den. Uh, the Chargers have allowed, catch this, four sacks and four turnovers in four road games and ten sacks and nine turnovers and a touchdown in four home games. They play way worse at home, and with a new offensive coordinator, I like Green Bay's defense this week. Okay. Well, uh, we want to remind everyone a premium newsletter uh, purchase it gets you free access to our subscriber forum where there are nearly 4,000 subscribers registered waiting to voice their opinions. Thank you for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we preview week 10. Yes, that's double digits, people. I can't believe it. We're, we're almost into November. Actually, next week we will be in November. Good night. Good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.